Welcome to the Off Trail Podcast. I'm Constantine. And I'm Magpie. And this is a show about light outdoors. Come take a step with us into what it takes to be a hiker, backpacker, rock climber, cyclist, or any other type of outdoor adventure. Let's get to stepping. Welcome back to the Off Trail Podcast. My name is Constantine. And this is Magpie. And we are here once again in the studio, which in is... In the super echoey kitchen of our rental condo. Professional studio. I mean, some people call it a rental kitchen. Some people call it a professional studio. I mean, same, same. It's the same, same. So today we are going to talk all things North Country Trail. Um, I think enough time has elapsed that that wound, that scar has healed, and it's not as protrusive, percuting, percuting. Um, don't know what word I was going for there. Magpie's not helping me out in the slightest, which is unfortunate, but that scar has healed enough that we can dig around in that wound a little bit, I guess. Ew. I know. Did you get a mental That was a really nasty mixed metaphor. You didn't stop me, so I had to go somewhere that made sense. Okay. Okay. So we're talking about the North Country Trail today. Yes, but we can't go right into it because... As you know, every rambling two-for-podcast episode requires that Constantine try... An energy drink. And requires is a strong word. I mean, it's a strong word because it is what is required, but... You made the rule. No, no, no. The listeners did. Everybody here that is listening to the podcast... Everyone absolutely loves this section that has absolutely nothing to do with the rest of the podcast. <laughs> it's live, and like we said before, there are upvotes right now that we're definitely not watching on our screen because we can't see them, even though it's live. It's what gives us the fuel, the energy to drink said energy drinks. All right, so what energy drink do you have today? So it hurts me... I guess the best word for it is shame right now. So I have a little bit of shame that I had to be a basic, I don't want to cuss on here. A basic boy? A basic boy. Yeah, I had to be a basic boy and go with the rock star energy drink. Because unfortunately, we've done so many of these, which is so strange to say, that I've kind of bought out all the like weird variety ones in regular grocery stores. You have not. It's just that the grocery store that's closest to us doesn't have a lot of variety. Yeah. So I'm going to drink my shame drink. Um, it is the Rockstar Pure Zero. And there's like a nice little uh, graphic that says NEW with all caps. And can you read that term for me, baby? Strawberry mango? This it, one doesn't have as much exciting copy on the can. No. Because it honestly doesn't look horrible. Well, again, it's Rockstar, so it's in competition with Monster and Red Bull. So they don't need to advertise as extreme as like a beaver punching through the can. Everyone knows what Rockstar is. Yes. So... We're gonna try this one. Um, zero calories, I believe. Yeah, but some. Well, no, zero grams of stuff. Zero sugar, taurine, but, ginseng. But somehow it still has calories, even though it has zero grams of things. What's the calories? It's twenty calories. Yeah. What is it? See, that's what I'm saying. Oh, it's the ginseng root. I, it's just Rockstar. I mean, you don't question it. So the twenty calories is just like pure energy. Oh, listen to that. Oh, yeah. How's that in the earbuds? That I bet that's loud. That's definitely clipping. I bet that's not enjoyable to people. Especially in our echoey, quote, recording <laughs> studio, unquote. Ooh. So, you know, I feel like I've compared energy drinks to this before, but with that first crack, we have not taken a sip yet because we're letting it aromate, aromaticate. Aerate? Aerate. I was trying to add, add aroma and aerate. So if you smell it, breathe in. I can't smell it. You can get those hints of tangerine it doesn't smell like anything hints of a rustic field where all the energy was harvested it smells like fake strawberry i'm pretty sure you harvest energy plants i don't know like they just have a rock star field where they like pick rock star cans 
It's like that hoax in the, like, what was it, the 60s or the 70s on the BBC where they, like, tricked people on April Fool's into thinking that spaghetti grew on trees. You tell me it doesn't. You need to look this up if you haven't already. It's on YouTube. Just, like, search, like, BBC spaghetti trees. It's very funny. I have no idea what you're talking about. It's hilarious. But it sounds awesome. Yeah. Okay, so cheers to the Pure Zero Rockstar Strawberry Mango. Oh, wow. What? It's very strawberry mango. Okay. So I guess the best comparison... Is it like as expected? Does it taste like a haichu? It kind of smells like a haichu. It kind of does taste like a haichu, but we want to take that step further and describe it more in depth for people listening, as we always try to do. So it's like your... mouth feel? Yeah. (laughs) It's like your favorite person chewed the haichu for you and then baby birded the rest of the haichu juice into a can and then you drank that can. Wow, you're really on a roll with the like disgusting metaphors in the last couple of episodes. I did add a step in there to avoid it being even nastier. I appreciate that. Let's did, not go there. I did the baby bird into the can. That was an extra step that I added that in. That almost the, makes it worse. I don't know why. For the viewer's pleasure. Ew. Listener's pleasures. So yeah, it's strawberry. It's mango. It's strawberry mango. It's um it's Rockstar. So we're gonna get into this and we're gonna get into the show. North Country Trail. North Country Trail. Whew. I feel like we've already talked about this, but I think it's just that we did so many interviews about the NCT when we finished it mm-hmm. that I'm misremembering. I actually don't think we have an NCT episode, do we? No, that's exactly what it is because I double-checked and I went through all the logs just to make sure because I had the same feeling, but I think it's just because we talked so much about the North Country Trail on not just our podcast, but other podcasts that it just feels like... We had to have had an episode out there. Yeah, I feel like we could assemble an NCT clip show. Probably good. It could be a full hour long just of clips. Of clips of us discussing it. But I think it's going to be cool to take a have a take on it. Two years later or a year, year later. later. Yeah, so it's almost one year to the day. It is. Our right? anniversary is coming up. Of the NCT. Only, only real people celebrate anniversaries of the NCT. People try to say they have these birthdays. They try to have these romantic anniversaries. Like when you're first met as a couple, they try to have like these... I don't Engagement really want to celebrate like, the anniversary of the NCT, I have to say. It's the most romantic anniversary anybody could have. So instead of us having like a when we first meet anniversary, let's just have an NCT anniversary. So in case you don't know, the NCT is, stands for the North Country Trail, which is a 4,830 mile long trail, mm-hmm. as we found out whilst walking it. <laughs> that, um, it starts in Vermont mm-hmm. and it goes to North Dakota and you're saying to yourself if you're a mathematically minded person but the entire distance across the north of the continental US is less than 4830 way miles way less yeah that's true if you walked in a relatively <laughs> straight line 4830 miles would get you from the coast of Maine to the coast of Washington and then back to Montana so I don't know if that's right, because Maine's up here, you would have to go through Canada. It's, okay, it's, Ma- it's Maryland. If you walk from Maryland, Maryland to Washington to Oregon, straight line across. And then you, back. You could do like there and then halfway back. Yeah. Yeah, it's nuts. So the North Country Trail is quite a circuitous... never pronounce that correctly. There you go. Welcome to my world where you can't say words. It's quite a winding route. Yeah, synonyms are my friend as well. Synonyms? Synonyms are my friend. Synonyms are my friend. Uh, So you go through a little bit of Vermont, Mm -hmm. New York, Mm -hmm. on the Finger Lakes Trail somewhat, 
then tiny little bit of Pennsylvania, oh, yeah. which was, I keep forgetting because that part was actually really nice, but you're only there for a week. You categorize that as a different chair. You're like, oh, it was nice. Not the NCT. Not the NCT. <laughs> we're, we're after Pennsylvania. Your favorite state in the world. Ohio. Yes. You do like a thousand miles through Ohio on the Buckeye Trail instead of taking the northern part of the Buckeye Trail, which is only 400 miles and goes straight across and like is north. Mm-hmm. You go all the way south, almost to Kentucky, do a weird little loop-de-loop, go back down to Kentucky, go all the way across, right on the border with Kentucky where it's humid and horrible because mm-hmm. you have to hike it in July no matter which way you go, and then you hike all the way north on a bike trail that's super boring and has nowhere to camp up to Michigan. Yep. And then you go up lower Michigan, again, quite boring, nowhere to camp, mm-hmm. get a ride across the bridge. We walked it. Well, we got a ride initially, and then we had to, and then we had to come back and yeah. walk it, because you can only walk this bridge one day of the year, and yep. it does not work with any timeline for hiking the NCT. No, if you timed it to walk the bridge You'd without a ride, you would die on one side, because you would hit winter. You would hit winter. Well, there have been people that you have done it in winter. You could flip-flop it and make it work, but... It would be uncomfortable. It would be extremely uncomfortable. Then you hike Upper Michigan, which is a highlight. Um... 200 miles of Wisconsin, which was like surprisingly really, really nice. Then you do the Superior Hiking Trail through Minnesota. 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 Yeah. North. Then you go through the Boundary Waters Mm -hmm. in Minnesota as well. And then road walk into North Dakota, Mm -hmm. where you get on this like canal Mm -hmm. and walk that until you get to... The terminus of the NCT, which is, what, by the Audubon... Lake Sacagawea. Lake Sacagawea, yeah. Hey there, whole day, I want to know. So, Magpie just gave you a broad overview of it, and I think we're going to go into each state a little more in depth. But just from hearing Magpie describe it to y'all, as well as to me, it seems like a year has not been long enough to scar over that wound for her. She still has quite a lot of feelings. So, North Country Trail Association, anybody that I'm is a volunteer, maintainer... If you're listening to this, there's still going to be some emotion. I thought a year past would have blunted those edges of that emotion, but it sounds like there's still some there for, for Magpie. Oh, it's blunted the edges. <laughs> you were not saying friendly things about Ohio once again. I don't think that you ever could. Well, you could. The, the, the roads were beautiful. The, the Buckeye Trail people are quite protective of the Buckeye Trail. The dogs were so snuggly. They were not nice dogs. Yeah, I don't know if we've told the story. We're kind of bouncing around here because the Rockstar, as a Rockstar, you got to just play a chord and just rock where that chord goes. Um, shout out Rockstar Energy, has, hashtag sponsored. But what I was trying to say is, I don't know if we told this story, but Ohio, out of all the miles I've now done as a hiker, it was the only state that I've ever had somebody purposely and premeditatively lit out an aggressive dog on me. That yeah. was not nice. He sicked his dog on you. Yeah. I've never had a dog sicked and on me. All like we that. were doing was walking on the road near his property. To be fair, all those properties we walked by before that property screamed to me that I was gonna get attacked by a dog. Like I had the feeling in my bones that something was gonna happen. Yeah, this is the only trail where I've like gone out of my way to pick up pepper spray, not because I was worried about bears or people but because we had received multiple warnings from other hikers that there are several places on this trail where there are aggressive dogs. And I'm not talking about dogs that like bark at you or snarl at you. I'm talking about dogs that are going to try to kill you. (laughs) Kill is a strong word. No, they would have though. If they could have gotten me down, there was a pack of like 
I mean, some people had seen like a pack of like 20. When we were there, it was like eight, which is still a lot of dogs. Well, it's like a porcupine, right? It's like if you love it enough, it w- their bites won't hurt. It'll just be a gumming. I pepper sprayed three separate dogs on this trail. Did they try to give you a nice, friendly gumming? They tried to take a chunk out of my leg <laughs> is what they tried to do. Yeah, they got big teeth. Yeah. So Ohio, yeah, the Ohio dogs, I think we'll get into that. By no means is this show meant to bash Ohio. Again, for all Ohio listeners, y'all have a beautiful state. It's just... Well, I had to be being, there in July. Yeah, being an NCT hiker through y'all state, especially with connecting every footsteps and walking every piece of the official trail, it's just aggressively difficult mentally and physically. And I feel like we've defended Ohio until the dogs come home. Huh? You see what I did there? Yes. Um, because, again, beautiful state, so we're not well, going to get too stuck in that. The thing with it is the Buckeye Trail is not designed to... Like, it's concurrent with the North Country Trail, but it's designed to give you a tour of Ohio. And so its priority, unlike a lot of the rest of the NCT, which is, like, the priority is to move you to the west or to the east in a relatively scenic manner, Mm -hmm. the priority of the Buckeye Trail is, come see Ohio. (laughs) And so it kind of wanders around and, like, takes detours. There's a place that's literally called the wilderness loop because it is a loop yeah almost there's like seven miles in between edges of the loop but instead we hiked 163 yeah it's nuts so could have done like 20 miles across if you're hiking the buckeye trail as the buckeye trail why not sure Mm -hmm. fine it's a beautiful area but for us we were like trying to beat winter yeah it was really frustrating yeah a lot of a lot of factors time stress uh summer stress bad timing to be in that state like Again, if you did it in fall or winter, probably great, especially if you were going just to see Ohio. But not going to get sucked into there. Let's just go over to the NCT itself. And as Magpie said, 4,800 mile long trail. You can do it eastbound. You can do it westbound. You can do it as a flip-flop. Most people do it as a flip-flop over two years, so they don't have to hike in Ohio in July. Or even a year. So there's a guy out there doing it right now. Um, Shout out Dosu if you hear this. And he did it as a... He's doing it as a flip-flop so he could hit these... Areas where it doesn't quote unquote have some suck factor. There's always gonna be some suck, suck factor to any trail, so yes, I'm gonna stop stop getting sucked into Ohio and start where we started in the state of Vermont. So let's just do it state by state because I think the NCT is such a big trail to tackle physically as well as in an hour format. It's gonna be hard, so we're gonna try to do it state by state, starting with Vermont. So when we started in Vermont, we believed, as the Trail Association also believed, that it was 4,600 miles, potentially up to 4,700 with the extension that was like part of the official trail, but kind of not really. They hadn't put up an official terminus marker yet. Mm-hmm. So you kind of just start in the middle of nowhere. No, you start at the junction of the Appalachian Trail. Well, you do. You start at the junction of the Appalachian Trail and the Long Trail, but it's... there's no official NCT signage there. You mm-hmm. walk up to a post that says long trail this way. And you're like, okay, this is the start. As of the year 2021, when we did it, there was no NCT marker. I have a feeling they probably will put an official terminus just because trails are growing in more popularity. But yes, that is where the official NCT starts. Um, If for people that are listening and know the Appalachian Trail in Vermont, it's main junction, which is about a mile or two from the inn at the long trail, I believe. Um, So yeah, really cool spot. You don't spend a whole lot of time in Vermont. I think we spent three days doing, I don't know, 19 miles, 17 miles, and 36 miles, respectively. And 
I think they're still building trail in that section. So you're going to hear this as a recurring theme for pretty much all the states that we talk about. The mileage we did, we tracked via uh, GPS and a Garmin tracker. So we have very exact mileage and it differs a lot of the times from what the NCT presented because the ground truth thing is still getting worked on. Or For such a long trail, it's impossible that they're bang on accurate for every single mile. Yeah. And one of the things that happened while we were hiking in 2021 is the NCTA was in the middle of a big building push. Mm -hmm. So as we were hiking through like Vermont, New York, Pennsylvania, they were building new trail in Wisconsin and Michigan and Minnesota. So as we hiked, the trail got longer. Yeah, and just think about the scope of a long distance trail if you're listening. So think about the scope of the Pacific Crest Trail, the Continental Divide Trail. You add one alternate onto that trail and it can either add or take away a few hundred miles. Um, and then times that by two, times that by two and a half. So thinking about the NCT, it is going to fluctuate in mileage a whole lot until they, I guess, standardize completely the route. Yes. So the year we did it, 99% was quote unquote official trail. I mean, we did all the official trail, the 100% of the official trail, but like some of the sections we did were official trail our year, but then 2022, this year, 2023, 2024. They'll have they'll, changed it. They'll probably have changed it to something and else. most likely they'll have made it longer. Yeah, one, and they're going for 5,000 miles. Well, one of the things that's unique about the NCT's structure with the association is that because it's so long, it's really not oriented towards through hiking as an activity. Mm -hmm. It is much more like an association of individual trail agencies for each state or for some of the bigger ones, like regions of the state. Mm -hmm. And so each of those local chapters has a huge degree of control and autonomy over where that trail goes. And obviously those local trail associations made up of like day and section hikers are much more interested in making the best possible trail in their area, which yeah. usually means that when they build trail to get it off of roads, they're making it longer because there's a scenic viewpoint that they want you to go to, or they want to put it into a national park or a state park. So uh, the trail will only continue to grow. Yeah, I no, I know for a fact I've talked to members at the NCTA, and they haven't said this directly to me, but I feel like I feel like I understand what they're saying. They want 5,000 miles. I guarantee that's a goal of theirs. And for anybody from the NCTA listening, be like, shut up, Constantine. I'm sorry. I'm just calling it as I see it. I feel like that's a goal, and I feel like that's accurate to say. They're certainly going to get there oh, sooner get rather there. than later. And the best comparison I can do, too, is for people that are listening, if y'all are familiar with the Ice Age Trail, picture that, but spread out times, what, four? Times four about. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So Ice Age Trail is 1,200 miles, NCT is 4,800 miles, but like the Ice Age Trail has these sections that are 5, 10, 15 miles long where people are very passionate about it, and then it can be completely different from a roadwalk connector of 5 miles to the next 10, 15, 20 mile section. So it's just, the NCT is a growing beast. Um, beast is the best term for it. It's a growing beast. Yeah. The other thing that made it extra challenging for us is because we were the first people to be tracking it for an FKT, so the fastest known time speed record, we were much more limited in terms of our autonomy. We had to take the official, official trail anytime that it was feasible. Yeah. And um, for some of these sections, even though the official trail exists, 
yeah. notionally, it doesn't actually exist on the ground. They have easements or they have like places on trails that exist on a map but have not been maintained or used in some of them decades probably. Yeah. And so often, even on the Buckeye Trail's like official page, it recommends that you skip certain places and just road walk around their like quote unquote official trail that's like blazed but not maintained. Mm-hmm. Um, but we couldn't do that because mm-hmm. we were doing the FKT. So that added, I think, a lot of mileage because the tracked length of 4,600 miles was probably like an aggregate number of people's section hikes. Yeah. And the people who are section hiking are not going to go walk through a thicket of blackberry brambles. They're just going to take the road. Even the people that are through hiking, and this is not meant to call out anybody, so I'm not going to say any names or anything like that, but... A lot of even, people don't do the, quote, official trail the whole time, which is honestly understandable. It's very understandable. And a smart choice. I mean, honestly, if we weren't tracking it for an FKT, I would have done the same thing. Yeah. Like, it makes the most sense because, like, you're on such a long journey, 4,800 miles, that... Why would you put yourself through two miles of extreme suck compared to, it might even be the same mileage, two miles of like a road walk that's nice compared to just bushwhacking and hating your life at that point. So there's a lot of areas that really could be better if you weren't upholding the quote unquote red line or whatever you want to call it so hard. So, I mean, like I said, when we were planning, I had people tell me like, don't do this section or just road walk around it, connect into it a different way. And it just wasn't an option to us. So it made it a good degree harder. Yeah. And I would say in the majority of the states of the NCT, like because of that structure where the individual trail chapters are quite autonomous, there are lots of times where, especially moving between places that are maintained by different chapters, you will leave a road get onto trail that might or might not be maintained and is certainly a detour. And then after that, you will get dropped back off on the same road that you were just on. Yeah, a prime example of that is the next state, New York. Yeah. So when we got into New York, you do a lot of canal walking to connect in, at least if you're going westbound to the Finger Lakes Trail. And along that stretch, and I believe it even went into the Finger Lakes Trail Quite itself. a bit in the Finger Lakes Trail. You would be walking a two-track dirt road, and then all of a sudden, a Finger Lakes Trail marker would point you almost a complete right angle. And it would say, go down this way. And what it was doing is it was making you walk three, wait, one, two, three. Three lines. For, three sides of a square. Yeah. To where come. the road that you were just on is the fourth line of the square. You yeah. would end up back where you were one mile farther down the road, having just walked three miles. So yeah, that was kind of maddening at points. And again, you understand why these sections do it, because if they didn't do it, sometimes the road walk would be super long. And for section hikers or day hikers or people that just want to get out in nature, not through hikers, it, you want to be spending more time in the woods or off the road. But as a through hiker, you're just like, get me from point A to point B, scenically but not with this yeah as a through hiker we're okay with walking you know 10 miles down a road without a break break but if you're gonna go do a 10 mile hike that's not what you want to do yeah so it makes sense but it was frustrating for us yeah so again like and like they they're trying to connect them up so that it's all in the woods but because new york and a lot of those eastern states are so densely populated Mm -hmm. if like one farmer is like no you can't come through my land then they're kind of stuck and by no means does North Country Trail or, um, yeah, just the North Country Trail, by no means do they 
go on their website and say, go get it through hikers. Like they have a through hiker section, but what I'm saying is they don't, they didn't specifically build this trail with through hikers in mind. They're happy that through hikers go out and do it, but the structure and the built and maintained parts of it and the growth of it is not specifically for through hikers. It's to have this massive trail system that spans so much across the U.S. and that to have all these like local chapters and passions in the communities. Um, if you want more in depth, you can listen to the North Country Trail episode that we did in a backlog of the Off Trail podcast. And I talked to three members. We'll link from, that in the show notes. Yeah, I talked to three members from there, and we got into depth of what that trail is about. So we're not going to go into the philosophy there. Um, but yeah, New York. I mean, the Finger Lakes Trail is really beautiful. Unfortunately, we don't get to do the whole thing on the NCT. I think we miss, like, the nicest part. Catskills. The Catskills. Yeah. But that would add, you know, another 200 miles to the trail. So funny enough, when we got to New York, um, I was feeling a little spring happy or gung-ho or gun-shy or... Excited. Don't know what I'm saying. Excited, hum. Energized. I was feeling like a rock star. Let's just put it that way. Uh-huh. Um, shout out Rockstar Energy. Shout out Keep going, sponsor. please. Um, so Magpie and I were in a discussion when we were there and we were like, you know what we could do? We could through hike the Finger Lakes Trail while through hiking the NCT. We would just have to somehow get to the terminus of the Finger Lakes Trail, which would add an extra 200 miles on. And at the time we thought we had all the time in the world. We thought we were hiking a 4,600 mile trail. Yeah. Thank God we did not add on just even those extra 200 miles. We wouldn't have been able to finish. And And that's a good thing that I talked you out of it. Yeah. And people hear this and they're like... What's an extra 200 miles when you're doing 4,800? A whole lot with weather windows. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing because it's uh, the North Country Trail. Yeah. You're really fighting winter because it's not like you're hiking one of the longer trails that you could hike it southbound and get somewhere like New Mexico or Arizona where you can hike that in December. It might not be fun, but you can. It's like, no, no, no. If you're hiking either direction, if you're doing it continuously, you're either finishing in North Dakota or you're finishing in Vermont. Both of those places have serious winter that you don't want to screw around with. No. And like there have been people that have experienced late fall and even winter on the North Country Trail. But again, it shifts the type of hiking. We weren't willing to do that type of hiking. We wanted to go fast. We did not want to do 10 to 15 mile days of freezing cold. Wearing snowshoes. Yeah. Again, different type of hiking. Not one we were going for. So it is possible. It's just not, was not in our wheelhouse of enjoying that type of hike. No. So New York was cool, huh? You'd say After on... we left the Finger Lakes Trail, there was a little bit of road walking, mm-hmm. and then we got into Pennsylvania, which the... actually was the highlight of the eastern section, I think. I believe that. Because, the Alleghenies. Yeah, the Allegheny National Forest, or mm-hmm. Allegheny. I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce it, but that was actually beautiful. I didn't catch you on the Alleghenies, huh? It was the first uh, time on the whole NCT that like we could camp wherever we wanted. We yep. weren't limited by having to hike to small pockets of public land where it was legal. Yeah. And so that actually felt like a through hike at that point when we got into Pennsylvania. Finally, it was like, okay, we can just hike until we're tired and camp anywhere because we're in this national forest. That was really nice. For a solid week. And the Leganese, I think, was the first big food carry for us, too. I think it was like a 180-mile food carry, which... Honestly, when doing research for the North Country Trail... We were not expecting. I did not expect nearly the amount of long food carries we did. Part of it was our timeline. So, like, 
we could have arranged a ride or hitchhiked off to yeah. get to a town. Especially in Ohio, it was weirdly routed that we were on roads a lot of the time, but like not near anything. Besides a family dollar every so often. A family dollar or a gas station, but even that was every like week or so. Yeah. Um, so kind of the worst of both worlds. It was interesting. Like, but uh, yeah, and like because we were doing the FKT, if we weren't doing that and we could have arranged some support in advance, that would have made it a lot easier. And if you were going to try to through hike the NCT, I would highly recommend that you get in touch with the Trail Angel Network, oh, yeah. especially on the Buckeye Trail. Um, because of that access to food issue and because nobody will pick you up if you try to through or to try to hitchhike like it's just not a thing yeah um we couldn't do it but it would have made our lives a lot easier if we had been able to arrange in advance like a ride into town every three or four days yeah it's very possible to get picked up it's just really far from town yeah again like you don't have to do it as a full supported hike especially for other through hikers listening being like well i've always done a self-supported hike you can do self-supported hike and that's what we did for the FKT, but we had to hold as rigid to that self-supported as possible. What Magpie is saying is like have the flexibility of doing the self-supported, but having access to setting up support, I guess. Like having pieces of support, it would make your lives way, way easier on the North Country Trail. The other thing too with leaving Pennsylvania and getting into Ohio um, there's not a lot of public land in Ohio, particularly in the places where the North Country Trail goes through. One of the things that's most challenging and frustrating about Ohio is that you are not allowed to free camp in state parks. Yes. So even though it tries to put you through state park land and, and state-owned land, it's still illegal to camp there, yeah. just as illegal as if you were on private property. Now that said, definitely safer to illegally camp on state land than it is to pri- camp on private property because they will shoot you. Yeah. Um, whereas like you might just get in trouble if you camped on state land, but it makes it especially challenging. And it makes for some really weird days where you have to choose between either hiking 40 miles or hiking 12. Yeah, it makes it very strange. Particularly if you can't coordinate vehicle support. But that was good for us because we were going at a higher pace. But for somebody that, I don't want to say is not able to, because... Someone who I doesn't want to hike somebody a 40 that mile day. To. Yeah, like if you don't want to, because everybody has the ability, um, it's mental or physical. But anyway, I'm getting distracted. Like on a through hike, it's just, it makes it weird. It makes it, you never know where you're going to camp. And that's part of usually the fun of a through hike. Is getting to choose your own yeah, adventure. But not so on this. Like not you knowing where you're going to camp. We had to plan rigidly every day. This is the mile where we have a campsite. Yeah. We have to get there today before dark. Like, and then every single stop we knew, had to know exactly where we were going to sleep. And that meant that actually we couldn't speed up in no. some places. We would get to our one campsite 28 miles into the day at like 6 p.m. with three hours of daylight remaining but our next campsite wasn't for 32 miles so it wasn't like we could just you know hike another two hours Mm -hmm. we had no choice we had to camp underneath a good amount of bridges actually yeah ohio but again also huge shout out to ohio for this the infrastructure of the support of the buckeye trail and the North Country Trail in Ohio is massive. So we used an app going through there. And on the app, it had a lot of comments of people that just built shelters on their property 
for Buckeye hikers or North Country Trail hikers. So like, especially in the places where otherwise it would be like 140 miles yeah. with no public land to camp on, there were people that like invited you to come stay on their property. So without those kind strangers along the Ohio portion, it would not make it impossible, but it would make your life pretty hectic. You would either have to like... It would be literally impossible to through hike it legally without vehicular support. Like oh, literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. it would be illegal. To You'd be- have to go into town each day and mark exactly where you left to reconnect your steps the next day and get a ride back. It would make you it... You spend half your day walking in and out of town. Yeah, it would make it It would make it ter- terrible. So shout out, massive shout out Ohio there. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll fast forward through Ohio because I feel like we've talked about Ohio a lot we've covered on other, it. other podcasts and... We're going to leave it on a tasty note. We're going to leave it on a strawberry mango type flavor note. We're going to tell you what, Ohio, you're a rock star. Hashtag sponsored. Hashtag rock star energy. We're not sponsored. What makes you say so? Because we're not. I'm drinking a rock star. All right. That means sponsored. You purchased it with your own money. <laughs> yeah. I sponsored them. <laughs> See, I'm sponsored. I just sponsored the company. <laughs> Speaking of sponsored. Oh, that makes me happy. Um, I don't know what a speaking of sponsored route you're going to go down. We're going to take a little break and we're going to come right back with Michigan. Oh, yeah. Welcome to our pocket snack ad break. Now is the time during the show, during your hike, during your adventure, to reach into that hip belt pocket, to reach into that gear pouch and treat yourself. Get yourself a nice little snack as we go through bit of our quote-unquote ad. Can it be an ad if we're mostly talking about our own company? Don't know. That's uh, that's for better minds than ourselves. So welcome to the Pocket Snack ad break. Um, sit down, walk, do what you will, but make sure to grab that snack as you listen in. So we wanted to talk about Eleven Skies. Eleven Skies is the company that we formed two years ago and we are hyper-focused in creating shorts and pants for the outdoors person, the hiker, the backpacker, the rafter, the bicyclist, anything and everything, built a product that will last for any adventure ahead, and it's also born, the very name is born from the 11 National Scenic Trails, so you can be proud to be representing, promoting, and bringing about awareness to the 11 National Scenic Trails, and the very trails that gave us our name and continue to inspire us. So make sure to follow along with us at 11 Skies on Instagram, Facebook, and make sure to go check out our website, 11skies.com, spelled 11skys.com, where you can learn all about us and you can get yourself some gear today. So that's the quick pocket snack ad break. Hope you enjoyed your snack. If you're still chewing, keep on keeping on. Let's get back into the show. All right, we're back. Wow, it's like no time passed at all. It feels like no time passed on our part. Maybe a minute passed for them, minute 30. <laughs> That's weird. I didn't even think you have to start doing that with the shows. Yeah. Whew, you guys are going to know what we're talking about if you just listened to the previous portion. Um, but weird. Michigan. Mm-hmm. Michigan. So, Lower Michigan. I was surprised because everyone talks so much about, like, oh, Michigan is so great. It's wonderful. And, like, once we got into what was the National Forest... Manistee. The Manistee National Forest. That part was great. Do you know how I remember it? How? Guess. You know me. Like Manistee? Yeah, you did. I just picture... Because you're a Florida boy at heart? Let's not go that far, but I just picture like 
Anything that's fat and chunky, I have a great memory for, a great recall for. Do you think about a roly-poly, chunky manatee for it? I picture, like, a manatee that can just squeeze and, like, squish together its cheeks. Literally, ask me what I had for breakfast this morning. Won't be able to tell you. Ask me to repaint that fat pug's face that we saw earlier today. I'll be able to give you a Picasso. Photographic memory for chunky dogs. Not just chunky dogs. Chunky chunky animals. animals, yes. So, Lower Michigan, surprisingly, the first, what is it, 100 miles of it is actually a lot of roadblock. Mm-hmm. And some of it is quite challenging logistically in the same Again, way yeah. as Ohio because it's all these little, like, railroad mining towns and they happen to be exactly 30 miles apart. Yep. And some of them don't have any hotels. Unless you want to walk off a few miles. Because they're like Rust Belt towns that don't get a lot of tourism. And so why would they have hotels? So, yeah, that was challenging. I mean, that beginning of Michigan, I'm not going to remember every single name of the towns, but we walked from Hillsdale to Avalon to Battle Creek. Yeah. And we each time we motel hopped. Like we left a motel in Hillsdale, walked to Albion. Yeah. Stayed at a motel there. From a motel in Albion, walked to Battle Creek, Creek, stayed there. And then we had Grand Rapids the next day. Yeah. Or the day after that. But, like, we did, like, three or four days of motel to motel hiking. Yeah. Which was nice because we didn't really have to carry any food, but also was, like, challenging because we had to walk pretty far out of town to get to these motels. Some of them we had to run across the interstate in order to access, which is another challenge with the NCT, the towns that are on the NCT, especially in the Midwest, are not like cute little hiking towns where you can walk around and get everything done. Mm -hmm. They are large towns that are built around interstate travel. And so if you don't have a car, too bad. They don't have a taxi. They don't have Uber. Just you got to play Frogger with the interstate and hope that the cops don't come. And Albion, I actually wish the cops would have came. Because that was the worst motel that we've ever been to. It was one of the worst. I think Washington, D.C. on the Potomac Heritage, I had a worse one. The walls were leaking in that one. Okay, this one wasn't leaking, but it also didn't have hot water. And I I thought that we were going to get shot. We had to wait in the lobby for two hours as like... So people, this is not an exaggeration. The lobby was like a horror film setting. One wall was all glass. There was a broken TV in the corner. The glass was broken. The glass was broken. So you could see that it was like one-way glass into the office. Mm-hmm. And the lights were all like those flickery fluorescents, one of which was like turning on and off randomly. And I don't know if it's my memory recreating this or what, but like one was hanging. There was one that was hanging. So it was like a horror movie one, like it's like displaced and it's flickering at you. Yeah, and they were doing renovations that looked like they'd been going on for a long time so there was like that plastic sheeting that they put up to protect fresh drywall it was haunted and then one guy came down like and we had been waiting for about an hour trying to call the front desk trying to figure out where this person was the front desk lady was in the basement and had left the cordless phone upstairs so no matter how much we called she wasn't coming all of this stuff like basement flickering lights glass broken but also this one guy this is all horror movie stuff but then this one guy comes down and He's drugged out, I'm just going to say it, which is... He was on drugs, yeah. Something was going on in his life. He was on drugs. So he came down, and he looked at us. He's like, what are y'all doing? And we're like, well, trying to check. And he's like, oh, you're going to be here for a long time. And then laughed. And we're like... In a creepy-ass way. Did he kill the front desk attendant? Like, (laughs) what's going on? It was not a nice hotel. 
I no. don't recommend staying at the Days Inn in Albion. I will just say that. No, we figured out after we stayed there, there was like the prison hotel. Yeah. So, again... But that's people, the only hotel in Albion. Yeah, people down on their luck, which is unfortunate. And it's just... For a hiker, though, after it doing didn't 30... Seem, it did not feel very safe for us to be there uh, looking homeless. And do, after doing 35 miles, standing in the lobby from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m., when stuff starts happening at nighttime, it wasn't my favorite experience, let's just say. So... Yeah. Beginning of Michigan. A little rough. A little rough. But then once we get to the Manatees. The Manatee National Forest. Well, first we had lunch at the headquarters of the North Country Trail, and they were lovely. They sort of represented, like, the transition from scary roadwalk Michigan to, like, beautiful, natural Michigan. People actually knew about the NCT. We got so much trail magic and support through... The northern portion of lower Michigan and through upper Michigan. Support as we did not plan it. It just, we would pop up. People would like follow our tracker and then figure out where we were going to be and pop up with like donuts and stuff. Yeah. Which was very sweet and we wish that we could have spent more time with those people, but like. Shout out Munch SOS. Yes, Munch (laughs) SOS and the fam. They were amazing. They were awesome folks. They were from Ohio and they. They drove out to meet us. Not in Michigan. Not in, in Michigan, in, in, in Pennsylvania. In, in Pennsylvania, yeah. No, they were from Pennsylvania and they met us in Ohio. Something I think they were like from that. Ohio and met us in PA. I don't remember. They but just they came were, up, they surprised us a they lot. They were amazing. Which was super cool, so shout out them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, manatees, why do you keep getting off the topic of big, chunky manatees? The Manatee National Forest was beautiful and eerie. It was wonderful. That was so cool, because it was like the first forest we had in like... Thousands of a miles. thousand miles. Like, we went through the... In, no, actually in almost 2,000 miles. We went through the Shantee in Ohio. But that, again, was state land, so we couldn't camp there. And it didn't really feel like a forest, at least in the sense that we traveled through it. It's a big chunk of land, but the NCT route through it... Kind of just goes through a corner. Yeah, so, like, it was the first forest that we could free camp again, and I remember letting out, like, my body let out a sigh of relief. It was beautiful. I think we had one of our best campsites of the whole trail there, Mm. you know, up on the... The sandy bluff overlooking this beautiful, like, Oxbow River mm-hmm. with, like, the full moon. It was... Oh, yeah. I know exactly which one you're talking about. It was really beautiful. Yeah. And then the next day, or is the day previous, we walked through the wild turkey exhibit when it was just pouring rain. Yeah. I love wild turkeys, though. Do you yeah. know why I also remember the wild turkey exhibit? Because they chonky. <laughs> Yeah. They can't see it. Well, I guess it's a visual podcast as much as an auditory one. We don't have a video component, just in case you're confused. It's live right there. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, so the Manistee, definitely worth hiking. Oh, yeah. That was, like, a place that I would go back to again, specifically to hike and explore. I actually think it would be really nice to do a canoe trip through the Manistee. It would. And from this point, Magpie and I have had a lot of discussions about this. And again... Not ragging on the NCTA, not ragging on the North Country Trail in a sense of the complete trail system, but we would have been very happy if the trail was cut right there. Yeah. If you started at the Manistee and only hiked westbound to the end of North Dakota... You would have a great hike. It could be in contention with the big three trails, the Appalachian Trail, Pacific Crest Trail. It's a beautiful 2,000-something mile trail from the Manistee to North Dakota. Like, There's some road walking in there, too, but it is... Gorgeous. A completely different experience than yeah. the eastern half. I could literally see it being a contender with the big three trails because it's 2,000 miles. It's great time frame. No then, elevation. The no. summer weather, summer fall would be like the perfect time to do it. If you did it from, let's see, like, August 
August, September, October. If you did it August, September, October, maybe into November like we did. Uh, we got really lucky with the weather. I would not recommend hiking in North Dakota in November. But you would want to avoid the bug season up in the Midwest there. But again, regardless, like if you cut it right at the Manistee line and the eastbound portion was okay, but the westbound was like absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, from the Manistee on, it was an enjoyable hike almost without reservation. Um, from the Manistee East, there were moments yeah. that were really nice that were separated by hundreds and hundreds of miles of monotonous road walking. Yes. And again, I enjoy the road walk as much as the next person, but when just you're the trying consistency. To get somewhere. Yeah. 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 So after the Manistee, you went into another national forest, which I'm going to forget about, but. And then you're on a bike path for a while mm -hmm. and then you drop into i can never remember which one saint ignis is on one side oh ignacy saint ignis ignacy okay and then what's on the other side the Tra traverse city traverse city no no anyway there's the two twin cities on either side of the mackinac bridge yeah oh it's mackinac city there you go um that you have to get a ride over there is no pedestrian access over this five mile bridge no um you can only walk it on labor day mm -hmm which will not work if you're trying to do a continuous footpath. You don't want to be in Lower Michigan in September. No, going, I, going either way. Either way, you're too late. Yeah. But uh, So we got a ride over and then continued hiking. And we were officially in the Uper. We were a Uper. Yeah, the we were in the Upper, upper, peninsula, upper, upper peninsula, peninsula of Michigan, or the UP. Which was gorgeous. Every, I mean, every day in the UP was something beautiful. The UP was the reason I agreed to do this hike. <laughs> 500 miles out of 4,800. Well... I mean, and the Boundary Waters, too, I was excited to get to. Yeah. Um, but, like... The Keck. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was interesting. But That was harder trail than I anticipated. It was. Yeah. But, like, I had been through the UP on my bike trip uh, several years before. Mm. And so I remembered what it was like. And I was like, okay, I would love to hike there. Because yeah. on my bike, I couldn't go into the backcountry, really. I didn't have a mountain bike. And so I was like, yes. If that is what this trail is, if that's the attraction of this trail, is these sort of Midwest backcountry, lake country kind of things, I would love to do it. Yeah, the UP was. The UP was fantastic. The rest of the trail? Yeah. Meh. But yeah, so Upper Peninsula, we have so many stories from there. Again, it's so hard to do this in a consolidated hour time frame. We've but talked about the UP quite a we bit. We have, we have. There, so. We'll link in the show notes. We had an interview with, uh, what was it, 406 News or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, an interview with a news service based in the Upper Peninsula where we talked about what it was that we were doing up there. and It's also on the YouTube channel, Hiking America. It's on Hiking America, so we'll drop a link there. You yeah. can have a check it out. Yeah, that's when we got into the stories with it. Mm -hmm. So... Upper Peninsula, great, actual hiking, and that would bring us into Wisconsin. Which I even forgot was a state on the NCT for a little while. It's short, but it's so sweet. It's really good. The people yeah. that... Wisconsin actually, like, has a huge hiking culture, which you wouldn't necessarily expect. But, like, hiking in Wisconsin is fantastic. You had a great time on the Ice Age Trail. Like, they're really passionate about their trails there mm -hmm. because... They don't have a ton of real wilderness, so what they do have, they maintain the heck out of they it. They do. The benches, the amount of benches they, they put have. in benches, they put in shelters, they like beautifully maintain the trail, they have maps at all the trailheads, yeah. like and it's beautiful. Like it's nice, easy walking, pine forests, 
big open meadows, like walking next to the river. There's a really cool historical house that you can go and check out and explore. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't recommend going inside because it's not super structurally stable. Also not legal. Also not legal, but it is really cool to check out. And like you can camp in front of it. There's like still remnants of this family that lived there in the 1930s had like a big vegetable garden. So there's like wild strawberries, wild pumpkins, wild berries. Yeah. Yeah. Just she says Wisconsin is beautiful and I heavily agree with Magpie, but seasonality, seasonality. So Magpie said, I love my ice age trail hike. The first two weeks I was driven to the point of insanity by mosquitoes. And for anybody that lives in the Midwest, they're like, ah, ha, 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 of course. Yeah. Yeah. They know this seasonality. Like we hit Wisconsin in fall, like right when it was shifting Peak season, end of September, gorgeous weather, cool, refreshing, crisp leaves just starting to turn. I would hate my life if I was there. In summer. Oh, don't go in August. No. Absolutely not. Summertime in Wisconsin, not not something I would go pursue, but if seasonality just, with that state. If you just wanted a taste of the NCT and you wanted to do like a week-long section hike, I would recommend either the UP, but that's kind of hard to get to. Yeah. Or if you want something that's really good, like front country access that you can like shuttle yourself to, the Wisconsin section of 200 miles is a really worthwhile hike. It is. That is a good chunk of change. That's a great recommendation. Also, though... Again, you can do it more in-depth with support. We carried all that 200 miles. There's no towns in Wisconsin you don't that you walk can access. Through, you walk through the one town right in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but besides that, there's a little corner store and nothing else. So plan accordingly. Like You can hitch off the towns, but again, the way we did it, we were trying to keep our forward momentum as much as possible. It wouldn't be so. as easy to hitchhike off to towns in that Wisconsin section either, though, because no. the majority of the time you're on trail, there's not a lot of roads in that area. Yeah, so Wisconsin... Yeah, I don't have much more to say about it besides immaculate. Immaculate trail, Perfect immaculate trail. conditions, just great. So that brought us to Minnesota. Hey there, hold on, I want to So you go into Minnesota at Duluth Superior, which is that town right on the state line. And it's a cruel, cruel trick. You think you're going to be in Duluth so quick, and then those miles smack you in the face right away. Yeah, so I forgot about this. The Duluth trail system kind of goes around the whole town without going into it. It goes down by the water. It's an urban trail system, but because Duluth is built next to a hill, they just keep you up on the hill where nobody lives. There's no food. There's no nothing. There's nowhere to camp because you're in the city. And like the one place where you could feasibly camp year that we were there, there was a large homeless encampment there and it was not recommended that we stay. But you can walk off the quote-unquote trail or the route to access the city. You can. It's just not ideal because you don't walk directly by a block of city that has a hotel, a grocery store, all that stuff. Yeah, so that was tricky for (coughs) us, especially (coughs) the strawberry. We'll just cut that out. So that was tricky because for us, We were, again, going for speed, and this urban trail network outside of the city or around the city is, like, built to be as scenic as possible and also to, like, give you a workout. So it's, like, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, and around, and we're doing a loop, and we're going up, and we're going down. So that was rather frustrating from the perspective of a thru-hiker. Again, as a section hiker or a day hiker, it's a really nice trail. And weirdly enough, Ohio was a tough place for both of us mentally, Magpie and I. But I think both of our lowest points, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Magpie, but I think both of our lowest points happened around Duluth. It was. Because there were about four days in a row that our mileage just got smacked because of different factors. First day, 
I think it was because the terrain changed and like we had set out late from camp. Second day was weather. Third day was sickness. And then fourth day was weather. So all of a sudden, we just got smacked by low mile days. Yeah, we had been expecting to get through it in two days. Um, it turned out that that section was also like a significant chunk longer than yeah. it was supposed to be. And like, it was a lot harder than we were expecting. Yeah, like, we, It was mileage eating elevation change. And I think we ended up taking a zero just for mentality. Like, like we were both so tired at that point and we had been pushing ourselves so hard to get through the everything up until there that we had been really looking forward to cruising through the city and like not having to carry food and just having easy city miles yeah. and that didn't happen and both of us just couldn't handle it at that point. So I don't think I've told this story before on this podcast or any podcast but that mental zero we took in Duluth um, was one of the first times that the what if question of can we complete this like really was had a firm toehold in our heads like that I actually remember that morning we had an argument about whether we should quit because it really didn't seem likely that we were going to be able to finish yeah we were racing winter at that point and we're like we have to do 35 miles a day whatever it was I forget what it was but like every day and we were looking at the maps so like the official route it just got this is where we figured out that it was 200 miles longer than we had been doing the math for yeah so like they made the superior trail up to the border route trail the official part of the nct back in 2018 i believe but there used to be a line from duluth across the state of minnesota to i forget what town it was but it shaved off like 200 300 miles of extra Hard terrain, not quick terrain, not... Like, difficult backcountry yeah. hiking. And we had been using... Of the few people that had hiked the NCT before us, every single one of those people had used... I think it was called, like, the Misach Bike Trail. I think so. And it's not finished either, but at least it's, like, a straight line, and where it's not finished, it's on the road. Yeah. And so everybody had done that, and we were the first people that were really attempting to through-hike using the new route. I don't know if I would say everybody. I bet there was somebody else that did the official What route. we could find for the information that we had access to at the time, we could not find good information about what the new route was like. Well, we knew the new route was a superior hiking trail to the border route trail. But nobody had hiked the border route trail that we could find that had a good, like, good information on what it was. Yeah. Again, I just want to put a disclaimer in there because I know there's people out there that have hiked it that also listen to the show. We didn't read your information or research, so there probably was other people that have done it. But where to we were... To our knowledge, we didn't yeah, know. Where we were at in the moment, we were having a real tough time because we're like, that 300 extra miles can make or break our hike like we're gonna get smacked by winter we're not gonna do it all of a sudden we were two weeks behind where we were supposed to be and uh with the calculation that we had done with the original mileage in mind 4700 miles we were gonna just make it yeah and like those extra 300 miles even though on the nct we had been doing pretty much consistently above 30 mile days every day we knew those 300 miles those are my daily mileage was going to take a hit because the border route trail bushwhacky Superior hiking trail, super climby. So it's like, not easy. Yeah, so we knew we were going to be sitting in the low 20s to mid 20s for... At least two weeks. Two weeks. And that, that was two weeks we didn't have to play with. So, like, yeah, I don't think we'd ever told that story. It was like, that was a real hard low point for both of us. That we, was a difficult mental low point. And I also think at that point, 
we had been coming off of these more wilderness sections, which were great, but also meant that we were burning a lot more calories than we had been over like the previous kind of two, 3,000 miles that we had already done. Yeah. So just at the point that on a normal length through hike, you would be getting to the end and you could sort of push yourself with the knowledge that the terminus was right there, even though your body is breaking down. Yeah. We were at that point knowing that we still had another 2,000 miles to go and burning more calories with bodies that were already depleted and looking down the barrel at both winter and some of the hardest trail that the NCT has to offer. So that was mentally and physically difficult. I think from Duluth, we had like somewhere above a thousand. Something like that. But it was a hard thousand. And like that mental, it was close to a mental break. Like we didn't go insane. Well, that's arguably, however you want to define the term insane. Maybe I did go insane. You lost your marbles a little bit. Yeah, but like the mental break of, we had an end point and we were pushing so hard to it. And then that, it moved. Yeah, so like we had to find new energy and like to push harder still. So like we had to go deeper and find more energy when like we were already at our breaking point already. So yeah, that was that was a hard point. Yeah, I think um, it, if it's not the like lowest emotional point that I've been at on trail, it's certainly tied with first place for like... The Great, the Great Divide Trail was like a really difficult breaking point simply because it was literally dangerous, like life-threatening danger every day. But this, I would say, was like my lowest point of motivation. Like I was defeated. I was like, what is the point of keeping going? We're not going to be able to do this. We're just going to suffer for another month and a half and we're not even going to finish. Yeah. Well, the Great Divide Trail might have been physically more dangerous, but it was easier mentally because there was no other option. You just had to you keep just, going. You just had to survive. Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh, well, I could stop. It's you like, couldn't quit. No, I got to finish or I, I will die out here. Yeah. And so, that was scary. But at least that fear gave you adrenaline to keep yeah. going. This was the most ground down and upset and angry at through hiking and angry at myself that I've ever been. I think it was my mentally lowest point on any trail as well. I've had physically lower points, but mentally, like, trying to dig down and find energy for an extra 200 miles on top of an already hard thousand miles back ended on the fact that we just hiked 3,800 miles like it was brutal it was brutal it's hard to it's hard to put that into words like if it's hard to even remember what that state felt like now being removed from it well I remember being on the phone in the morning I don't think you were awake yet because you were super sad so you were sleeping in I was on the phone talking to somebody and I'm like we might have to do something weird here just for safety reasons like we might have to try to take that cut through and then I'm just like talking it out on the phone I'm just like well, we, no, we already fought so hard to get we here. Can't. We can't do that. Like one, and also the FKT is not the most important. But we had if, already done it. If we scrapped the FKT, I don't know if either one of us would have had mental fuel to even do the cutoff point. Yeah, like we were just so beat, beat at that point. Well, and we had decided that we were maybe gonna do the cutoff. And when we started looking into it, not only was it that they had changed the official route, but that cutoff was no longer viable. No. Like, it had, some parts of it had become private property or something. Something had changed, and not only was it not the official route, it was no longer an option. Well, it would have just turned into a 100-mile road walk, or something less than that. We could have cut through on We couldn't find any maps for it anymore, either. Yeah, we, we couldn't find any maps, either. It was, like... It just wasn't feasible. Yeah, because no, there weren't any maps because that was all wilderness. So we would have had to go south. They had changed it and they had 
stop they used to have a map on the website of the cutoff but because the official trail had become official they stopped putting it out yeah and they couldn't find an archived copy of it couldn't find contact information for someone who had done it to send yeah. us the maps like it was not an option no that was that was the lowest point I yeah think I so our emergency trail. release valve suddenly didn't exist and we were technically behind schedule and then we had to chop chop on more mileage to that yeah so we got out of Duluth and I remember those next few days trying to like, we had a lot of conversations while we were on the trail just being like, all right, we're just going to keep going and enjoy the hiking for what it is. Like the Superior Hiking Trail, great hiking trail anyway. So we really try to compartmentalize it after that. We slowed down for the Superior Hiking Trail, both because you have to, because it's not easy. And also because both of us just needed a mental break from pushing ourselves so hard every day. Oh yeah. We actually chose to do shorter miles. And I think that choice was what Saved allowed us. us to finish the trail. Because if we hadn't actually slowed down there, I think that like our motivation would and our bodies would have given out. I forgot about that. We had the conversation of being like, well, let's just wake up when we wake up. We'll sleep in, do our mileage. Once we get to a camp spot, you have to have permits for the superior hiking trail. So it's like, whatever mileage we can get, we'll get. And like if it's 22, 25, 26, whatever that is, we won't put pressure on having to get past that 30. Yeah, and that was a good choice. I forgot we did that. And then once we got into the Boundary Waters, so we're skipping over the Superior Hiking Trail, but it's beautiful and lots of people have talked about it. I would recommend it highly. Once we got into the Boundary Waters, it's wilderness. Yeah. It is not easy. They were recovering from a big forest fire, so there was a lot of blowdown, there was a lot of trail damage, and at this point we're in the North Country, like the true North Country, and it was what, October? Mm-hmm. So it was getting dark at like six o'clock. It was, I don't know if it was October when we were up there, but it, it was getting close. It was getting close. It was getting dark early. Late and August, yeah. No, it wasn't August. We were there when the leaves were changing, so it was early oh. October. Oh. Uh, yeah, it, it must have been. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was getting dark early. It was cold. It, it was, was really cold. It was difficult hiking. Yeah. It was beautiful and. I would like to go back and hike it when I'm in a better mindset because this whole time I was like, I really wish I was in a better mood so I could enjoy this. I remember my mood lifting in the Boundary Waters. Mine did a little bit, but like at that point I was so depleted that like I couldn't summon a good mood. Even if I wanted to, I was just like, well, I'm not angry, so this is fine. And I remember also the Boundary Waters, like this was what helped our mentality too, is like, Remember the Boundary Waters, at least both of us were looking at it as being like, that's our last big obstacle. Once we get out of the Boundary Waters, I forget how much miles we had left, maybe 800, maybe less. But It, it was, was like, like once, 600 once we got out of the Boundary Waters or something. That like once we were through that, we didn't have any more wilderness sections. Yeah. It was all either like bike path, maintained trail, or road walk. Well, we had the 180 miles in the Chiawa in... Minnesota, near the end. The Chippewa. Chippewa. So we, we had a wilderness section, but we had either good road walk, good bike path, or good trail. There wasn't something that would take a chunk out of our mileage. Yeah. So there wasn't something that, like, was an unknown. So, like, the... Once we got through that part, the hard part was over, and all we had to do was walk. And we knew we could hold anywhere from a 30 to 35 mile per day pace the rest of the time. Like, if we... We could night hike on it, yeah. is the thing. Once we got out of... The Boundary Waters Wilderness, we would be able to hike at night, which would mean that we could get our mileage back up. Yeah, so even though our time frame was tight at that point, we got through, 
and it was cold, but we were willing to push. So we got out of the Boundary Waters, hit the town of Eli, cranked out the miles in Minnesota. I feel like we're going to skip over the Chippewa, even though... It was raining and miserable, and we hated it. That was so hard. It was freezing rain the entire time we were in the Chippewa. Yeah, it was. It was like the kind of rain that freezes into your clothes. It was funny. I remember as soon as we popped out of the Chippewa, we'd been in there for four or five days, and we started the road walk to Fergus Falls. Literally, the time we got out of the Chippewa was the first time that a sun popped up, and I remember disrobing from five layers, and that was the first time I just wore one layer instead of my rain jacket, my puffy, my thermal, my extra thermal. I remember taking it off and being like, wow, one shirt. Yeah. Yeah. And it was literally the moment that we popped out of the forest. Yeah. Yeah. So. That was brutal. That was brutal. But Minnesota was a beautiful state. Yeah. I would recommend Minnesota, especially the Boundary Waters section as as like a through hike or a section hike. Um, and then it was cold. That was the rest of the trail. Was it the was cold. The rest of the trail was really cold. So we got we got a- so lucky with the winter. Yeah. Like part of my concern back when I was like, I don't know if we're gonna be able to finish, was like I'm from Winnipeg. It's very similar weather to like Minnesota, North Dakota, and I was like, we could have a blizzard any time in the next week, or it might not snow until December. But if it snows, our hike is done. Like we yeah. could die. Well, it was also, one, you could die in the blizzard, but two, what was the hard part is, like, if a blizzard did come, we had been putting so much time and effort into it that we wouldn't just quit there. We would wait for a week or a few days until the conditions were, quote-unquote, survivable to hike again, and then our pace would get drastically slower. So instead of... If it snowed, we would start... Our mileage would just start decreasing, so it would maybe... What would have been a week would take us a month. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, we didn't have the mental capacity for a month. Yeah. like We, we couldn't do an asymptotic approach. No, like, an extra month on top of what we were counting down literally the days at that point, it would, uh, again, mental mentally broke us. Who's to say whether we went insane out there? You can go ahead and say I did, but it would have mentally broke us to a point of no return. Well, and also, I didn't want to overstay my visa in the U.S., Fair, which I actually ended up doing yeah, fair. by a couple of days. So it wasn't a huge deal. Like I ended up overstaying by like a week, I think. And they were mad at me, but yeah. it it wasn't the kind of overstay that they'll like ban you from the country. But that was another concern was like, I actually need to leave in two weeks. I cannot be in the country anymore. Yeah. North Dakota was a hidden gem. I mean, I think for us also because it was the end and because it was finally easy walking after struggling through the backcountry for so long. I don't know if you would have enjoyed it as much if you just went out and hiked North Dakota's canals as a hike, but for us it was amazing. Yeah, I loved it. I want to go into depth about like the mental and physical part of North Dakota, but it's so hard to encompass this trail in one show. I think, at least what I've been thinking about while we've been talking about it is like, we kept getting tangented into stories, and I think if we had ended up having the time one day to do a show about the NCT, but do it by each state, so an eight-episode series, like Vermont, New York, Ohio, and just do stories about each state would be really fun. Yeah, let us know if you'd like us to do that. Yeah, because th- like we're skipping over, the, over North Dakota, but there's so much that happened in North Dakota. There was. I mean, the one story that I'll tell about North Dakota is... Sheriff Puppies? Oh, no, we should save that for another episode. I was just going to mention the uh, the meteor shower. Oh, yeah. Remember that? We were hiking on a road, which actually the roads in North Dakota are not bad because the trail puts you on like these gravel farm roads. That I love the roads. They're, they're actually very nice to walk on. They're very scenic. There's not traffic. Like, it's easy. 
Um, so we were hiking super, super late until like 11 o'clock and it was pitch black and there's no cities. So you can really see the stars. You can see the Milky Way. It's beautiful, really cold as well. So you had to keep moving. But, um, I looked up and all of a sudden this like streak of light shot across the sky really close overhead and exploded into this, like, I've never seen it, a green fireball. It like this chunk of meteor must have like split into two parts and then burned up in the atmosphere. And it was a green fireball in the sky. It was not fireworks. Like it was something like I've never seen. That was so cool. The skies in North Dakota were fantastic. And I do love the prairies. I think they're underrated as a place to visit. I do too. Again, I don't think if I went back and hiked North Dakota right now, I would enjoy it as much as at the end of the NCT, but I still think there's a beauty there. I mean, if, Again, I want to just tell stories about North Dakota now, but the migrating birds. I'm not going to even touch on that. I was thinking about our last lunch. If I could, <laughs> if I could wrap up the NCT in a nutshell, for at least my experience, the very last lunch we sat at the lake before Lake Sacagawea, I believe. Yep. There was like a mini lake before the lake. Um, lots of lakes. Yeah, lots of lakes. So we're sitting there, and the night before, I got it down to like, I don't know, 12, 13 degrees Fahrenheit. It was cold. Freezing cold. So we sit there. And that's like to... negative 15 degrees for Celsius. Oh. Yeah. So we sit there and we decide to pull out our sandwiches. Magpie had slept with her sandwich. I was not the smartest. I did not sleep with my sandwich because I thought I would be okay. You just didn't think about it. And I remember it being a roast beef sandwich. Which you don't like. Which I don't like right off the bat. Trying to take a bite into it and it was frozen solid. So my last lunch was licking... Not the roast beef, because I don't like roast beef. I put off, pulled off the one slice of Swiss cheese and licked it until it became edible. So I licked it like an ice pop, a cheese pop. Until it melted enough that you could eat it. And then I ate it after licking it like a dog. It was quintessential. NCT. <laughs> NCT. And then, oh God, so many stories. And then the very last night as well, Magpie didn't have this issue. But like, it was so cold at night that it was uncomfortable. Like it was almost getting to the point of dangerous with the gear we had to be sleeping out there. Yeah, we couldn't have done another night. So last morning, I guess, last night at like 2 or 3 a.m., something didn't agree with my guts. So I woke up, and again, you pop out of the sleeping bag, you freeze, like flash freeze. It's freezing. Yeah, so I had to attend to a call of nature, and it wasn't... And it was too hard to dig in the ground. And it wasn't a PG call of nature. And it wasn't a solid call of nature. <laughs> no. It, it was fire hose type environment. I'm trying not to say it too graphically. It was a fire hose. It was nasty. At 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. when literally dropping trowel felt like I had lost my lower half of the body. It yeah. felt like it was no longer there. Yeah. <laughs> and you had to do that multiple times. Yeah. That is so painful. That was the last 24 hours for me on the NCT. Licking cheese and pooping your guts out onto the frozen prairie. It wasn't, it was Yeah. that. Yeah. But I mean, there's no, I've never had the same feelings at a terminus that I did at the NCT though. No, I would say like it was second only to finishing my very first trail. And even then. It, it was, was so different. It was so different because I think it was the first time in a long, long time that we really didn't know if we were going to make it or not. And yeah, then we really, made it. Yeah, I didn't think so. And it was so hard, especially the last couple of days when it was so cold. Yeah. And then we were done and it was finished. And we had spent six months of our lives on this thing. And all of a sudden, this like big, big goal that had felt endless and impossible. It did feel endless for so long. We achieved it. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to summarize, summarize those feelings. We'll leave that for another show because it would be about another hour of me rambling. So, very last piece of the show, we went over the states. Um, we didn't go over them in depth at all, but little broad stroke of the NCT from our perspective. Very last piece of the show, Ramen Rating Review. Has the time passed for me to ask you the question without it hurting the listener's ears as well as my heart? Well, no offense to the NCTA. It didn't start off well. But as a through hike, it's not stellar. No. I would give it a... What was the one above one star? Oh, poor... It was shrimp. What was the one above? Oh, shrimp and beef. I'd give it a beef ramen. (laughs) Just chowing it down because you need the calories. Just getting it in there. (laughs) Huh. Okay. It's not bad enough that I would skip dinner, but it's certainly not a first, second, or third choice. Okay. I would give it between a pork and between a roast chicken. Really? Yes. So I'll give it a three and a half. What's between pork and roast chicken? Hmm. Um, Soy sauce. I don't think so. But we'll go soy sauce. I'll give it a soy sauce, which is a three and a half star. The trail itself got super good on that West End. Um... It honestly, I think, hurt Magpies and I's individual personalities as well as our togetherness at some points. Yeah, it definitely tested our relationship. It tested our relationship. We came out stronger where we are now, but like in the moment, it made both of us more upset at the way we were hiking and choosing adventures. And there's a full backstory to that as well, but... It really doesn't have a lot of what you would expect from a thru-hike is the thing. So, like, as a thru-hike, it's not a great experience or a representative experience of what thru-hiking is like. And honestly, I would put a lot of it down to how little of the time you can actually choose your mileage. That is the most, one of the most difficult parts of the NCT is that you have to camp on public land and that is often a challenge. It does take away a lot of the thru-hikingness out of a thru-hike. You don't have the freedom. You don't have the freedom. And like, even with all those factors, the reason I gave it three and a half stars is it still let me test myself mentally, even though some of the, some people call that insane, where I went to test my mentality, it still let me test myself. And I, I feel like I came out with more than I went into that trail with. Um, I don't know if Magpie agrees with that. That's why she gave it two stars, but... I would say that like... I don't wish I hadn't done it, but I also didn't need to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't wish it... I wish it would not have taken six months of my time. It was a long time to have that, but... But then you wouldn't get the feelings. You wouldn't have it, the experience if it took you less time. Like, it's, it's its own beast. It's its own challenge. It was an experience that I'll never repeat. Yeah. So for, for people... If you're planning on doing it, realize it is a very different type of hike. Um, And as my favorite person in Gladiator said, for those who are about to die, we salute you. Well, that'll do it for this week. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you enjoyed it, please feel free to pop on over to Apple Podcasts or whatever player you use and leave a rating and a review. It helps other people find the show. This podcast is brought to you by Eleven Skies gear that will change with you not for you so give us a check out at 11skies.com and that's the show see you next week